I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Aggie Hoops Weekly. This is episode number three of this season and the second episode of our season preview series. And yes, a season preview series where time is an artificial construct. So, David, let's jump in and talk about the new guys today. Uh, I'm, I think that there are six main incoming players that, that we want to talk about and see what we expect from these guys. Definitely worthy of its own episode. I'm, I'm going to start there. Uh, that's not always the case coming into every season. Usually you'll only have sometimes one or two actual contributors that you need to discuss as the new season opens. We have six. I made the joke mid, you know, in the offseason that we're going to need name tags for these guys. But when I went to the exhibition game, name tags would have been nice. <laughs> you could argue, are the names on the back of their jerseys name tags? You know, sure, maybe. But for, for comedy's sake, I'm going to say no actual name tags would have worked as well. Uh, but yeah, man, we uh, we got six new dudes. It's uh, I'm excited to talk about them. They've each got kind of their own basketball personality, if you will. They've got six very unique styles, six different strengths. So let's hit it. Let's talk about them. Well, let's talk about the, I think, the most impactful of the six and start with Quentin Jackson. Quentin is a transfer from the College of Central Florida. He's originally from Los Angeles. Uh, really good player, 6'5". Really solid guard. looks looks to be able to to score the ball at will. So I'm I'm excited to see what Quentin offers this year. I think it's, this is where it's kind of nice that we're doing the preview after we've played two games because it's instant. We can instantly tell with this guy. He's a rotation guy from day one. So he's just a really good basketball player of this group of six we're about to discuss. He's the best guy right now. I think some of the other people have higher ceilings, but he is the right now help that we had to have. And so that's kind of what you expect with a junior college transfer. And that's what he's going to provide. He's kind of of the same ilk as, as Chuck Mitchell was right. He, he evokes that uh, he had a high junior college rating. I think he was the number two junior college shooting guard coming out. So I'm excited to see what he offers. He's ready. He's he he steps in and is ready to contribute. And I think he could be this season's Chuck Mitchell in that regard. And this guy can dunk, man. When he he launched for a dunk a couple of steps inside the free throw line against A and M Kingsville, he's going to catch a body this year. He's going to SC top SC top ten someone. Just I mean, he's got crazy athleticism. Yeah, you can tell. Like you can just. The athleticism just oozes out of him. When he has the ball in his hands, he is so smooth. Everything just flows. It's it's really cool to watch him. I'm I'm excited to see what he what he's gonna offer. And I think, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna need to bring a few body bags to some of these games. And let's stay athleticism, right? Let's talk about Andre Gordon, the incoming point guard. He was uh, first team All-Ohio. He had a solid career as a dual-threat quarterback as well. Actually got recruited to play football by, by a handful of schools as well. And you were pretty happy with how he looked in the home opener. I was. Um, you, you're right. He was very highly recruited, especially 
in kind of in the Midwest, you know, some big names were going after this guy, Xavier, Wisconsin, Loyola, Chicago. I mean, he, you name it, they, there were a lot of schools that were coming after him. So really impressive that, that Buzz was able to, to pull uh, Andre to, to Texas A&M. Uh, I liked what he brought. He, he brought a lot of energy. He, he could get to the rim. He looked good with the ball in his hands. What well, didn't seem to be especially turnover prone. I think he maybe had one or two turnovers in, in the game, but nothing just egregious where you where you were shaking your head and thinking, what is this guy doing? He, he looked ready. He looked like he belonged, looked like he was ready to go. So I'm excited to see what he offers this year. Uh, could be could be a, a, a really good opportunity for him to, to step in and get some really solid minutes. So let's jump over to Emmanuel Miller. I know you saw a lot from him in the exhibition game, and and we're really excited about what you saw there. What what are your thoughts on on Emmanuel Miller? My thoughts are that physically he appears ready to contribute. Um, that's not always the case with an incoming freshman, but he's six seven, two hundred thirteen pounds. He can hack it, right? Like he's got the body type to be uh, an SEC wing who's not going to get pushed around. So. Basically, that's going to give him a leg up on some of these guys. The fact that he'll be able to box out down low and generally give you the you know the sort of things you need from a three in this league. But what's interesting about his time on campus already is that he's had two very different appearances. In the exhibition game, he was, I think, our leading scorer. Or a leading scorer, I don't recall, but he had double-digit points. He looked pretty good. He was active on the glass. I came away from the exhibition game thinking, that's the second-best new guy behind Jackson. Like This guy looks really good. And then he really didn't show much at all in the actual home opener against Northwestern State. What was it, Blake? It was two two points in twenty two minutes, something like that. Yeah, yeah. He he wasn't bad. He was just kind of invisible. Uh, it was it was odd. You didn't really see him do anything. So kind of a kind of a strange showing. But I really like the potential of what he brings. The the things I've heard about his game, I've heard he's at six seven. He's actually a pretty good rebounder. A really solid rebounder, from what I've heard. Actually, he he can score at will. So I think it's just a matter of getting him comfortable and and involved in the flow of the game. And he's Canadian, so we'll get to drop our Canadian puns. You know, I'm sure Aggie basketball fans have just been waiting for to use the treasure trove of Canada basketball puns. So uh, worry no longer. We'll get to we'll get to dust those off this season. And I say that because we actually have two Canadians. I'm going to move over now to Cassius McNeely, uh, 31st ranked high school shooting guard. Uh, edged him kind of just barely into that four-star status. I don't know as much about this guy, Blake. He actually hasn't played yet. So I haven't seen him play in either. Uh, the, he didn't play in the exhibition game or in the home opener. But the stats I was able to find seem to indicate that he's more of a shooter and less of a slasher. So that seems to be what we're getting with him. He's six four hundred ninety pounds, kind of that traditional lanky wing build. So I don't know. What do you expect from this guy? What I'm hoping he is is a, a, a decent replacement for for Brandon Mahan, right? Less streaky, more just talented, pure shooter. I, I think that time will tell. Uh, I, I believe that he was one of the other players battling an injury. So he's he sat out the last game. Uh, he was actually wearing a walking boot sitting next to uh, TJ Starks, who was also wearing a walking boot. So uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens with Cassius, but uh, I'm excited. I think... You know, you need guys who can who can shoot from the perimeter. That's something that this team has sorely missed. And so I think that that there's certainly the potential for him to step into that role and open things up with with some good outside shooting. 
So the next player I think we'll we'll jump into is uh, is Yavuz Goltekin uh, from from Turkey. So Goltekin is a six seven two hundred pound forward. Uh, I, I like his game. I like what we saw of him in in the game against Northwestern State. He finds the open spot. He's good defensive energy. He's not going to bang with guys inside, but. But he can move in and and you know keep his hands up, keep good good positioning, and pick up some nice boards and 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 keep things moving down the floor. So I liked I liked what I saw from him. Really nice stroke as well. He looked good knocking down free throws. I think he's actually got a, a decent three point shot as well. I, I think there's going to be some good opportunities for him. There's a chance he develops into somewhat of a small ball four because I agree he was rebounding. Better than I expected. He's a little slender. He hasn't really filled out yet. He's moved from Turkey just a couple of years ago, but he was. He was doing some good things. Uh, he's the byproduct of two professional Turkish basketball players. His dad was was a professional, and his mom played for the Turkish national team. So he's got basketball blood flowing through his veins, and you can tell he was raised playing team basketball. Uh, he knows how to function in an offense. Uh, you mentioned that he finds pockets of space everywhere. I think he's going to be a good guy to have available. He has not necessarily been consistent so much like uh, uh, we talked about Miller. He's had a similar experience where he wasn't really that impactful in the exhibition, but he looked much better in the home opener. Lends me to believe that maybe it's not going to be a, a thoroughly consistent ride, but I think he's got something to offer. And with him especially, I'm excited about his development. I am too. I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So that brings us to our last newcomer this year, Jonathan Aku. Uh, from Nigeria, 6'10", freshman, 245 pounds. What are your thoughts on Aku so far? Well, in the context of these or through these other five guys, we've been answering the question, will they see the floor? How much will they see the floor? With Aku, it's, of course he's going to see the floor. He's 6'10", on a roster that is in critical need of some height. So he's 6'10", he's going to see the floor. If Nebo's hurt, he's going to see the floor a lot. So that's kind of a baseline, really regardless of how he plays. But I do think, Blake, I think he's a little raw. So this guy classified ahead of schedule. He was originally class of 2020, and he classified to the class of 2019 as part of his recruitment. So he, not only is he a true freshman, he's a, he should be a high school senior. Um, so you can just tell physically he's not fully developed yet. And I just, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how well he's going to hold up uh, on the against SEC front lines. You know, at, at 6'10", he's going to be guarding the other team's biggest player. You know, he's going to be guarding some 23-year-old grown-ass man. You know what I mean? Like that's I don't know how that's going to go necessarily. So I hope we don't need him too often. Uh, and so, yeah, I think the best way to put this, and I mentioned this in, in our season preview, his time is going to be – it's not really going to be an, you know, an indictment of the coach's ability to assess his talent. It's not like they've assessed him and determined like he is ready. It might just be more Nebo's hurt and you're the next tallest guy. So like – good luck right <laughs> i don't know i don't know what to make of him uh, it's probably pretty easy to tell that my prospects for his immediate impact are not sky high yeah i here's here's what i find interesting a lot of the articles uh early on this season have have actually highlighted jonathan aku and it wasn't like the the writer was looking for an angle this was buzz coming coming out and saying Hey, this guy's really good. He's doing everything we ask of him. He's super high energy. He's he's you know he's on the floor. He's in early, staying late, doing everything he can. Um, those who who know Aggie basketball know the name Brian Davis. Uh, 
Brian was a phenomenal center and big man for for Texas A&M a few years ago, and he's actually returned to the team as a graduate assistant this year. And the story was that that Brian Davis has actually been working personally with Jonathan Aku, and you know they that Brian has been very impressed with with what Aku is is bringing, and so. I, I don't know. I you you wonder if this is just those guys trying to to psych up a, a, a 17, 18 year old kid who's who's you know just thrown himself in into the lion's den. Uh, I I'm I'm hopeful, right? I'm hoping that that yeah, he's gonna he's probably gonna encounter some some trials and tribulations this year. I'm I'm I, I think he's gonna struggle a bit this year, but I'm hoping that this. It, allows him to build a foundation and grow for the next three years so that, you know, he, he may stumble a little bit in, in the 2019-2020 campaign, but in 2020 and beyond, I would hope to see that pay dividends and that he becomes kind of one of the de facto leaders on this team. Maybe a guy who who contributes much the same as Christian Mekawulu or, you know, one of those type of players. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So I think that's this is a good transition point. You, you mentioned future impact and kind of by extension, the notion that this team and this program is poised to make noise in the future and perhaps less so this year. So how do you reconcile those two things? I know you had kind of uh, you had some extended thoughts about just the notion of year one success versus what Buzz is trying to set up. So how do you feel about this season? I think we're all very excited that Buzz is here. Um, let's be realistic about what we, what we can expect this year. Is this team going to be contending for the NCAA tournament? No. Is this team going to be making a run at an NIT berth? I don't think so. If they did, I would consider that a huge success at this point. So Buzz has an interesting track record in this regard. Um, he only spent, so if you look at the first year he's with the program, his first year head coaching overall was with New Orleans in 2006, 2007. That team was 14 and 17 and went nine and nine in the Sun Belt. Then the following year, he took over Marquette and Marquette was 25 and 10 and went 12 and six in the Big East. Uh, they, they finished fifth in the conference and then made it to the second round of the NCAAs. So, those are kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. And then you go to Virginia Tech. Now, I think Virginia Tech is more representative of what you can expect from A&M. In his 14-15 campaign with Virginia Tech, which was his first season there, that team went 11-22, and went 2-16 and in the ACC, and finished 15th in the conference. I think that that's probably about right. I think that that's about what you can expect to see. Maybe a few more wins. I would expect A&M to maybe be about a 14-15 win team. I would expect kind of a similar conference campaign as they had last year. Six, seven conference wins. And, and finishing in that 10-12 to 12 range. 
that's I honestly think that that's what you can expect from the Aggies this year. Buzz isn't one of those guys who's looking to turn this thing around overnight. That's not his style. He is building a program. He's not building a team. So he's setting a foundation. He's going to get people in who are going to work and work hard for him and play the game his way. It's going to take time to evolve that to the level where you have the talent that that you need to compete at a high level. So yeah, I think I think I agree with all of that. I I don't think we're going to see the instant impact, you know, the type of Billy Gillespie 0 and 16 to 8 and 8 type of turnaround. We're not going to see an 8 win improvement. Uh, personally speaking, I'm just hoping we avoid the bottom four at the SEC dance. Uh, you know, they put those first four teams, 11 through 14, they get to play in that like Joker's dance with the dunce cap on that Tuesday night to to play the the field down to 12. I've never loved being a part of that. It feels kind of embarrassing. And, you know, so basically I'm asking for a top 10 finish out of 14 teams. I think we could end in the 9-10 range if we, you know, some things broke our way. But I also agree with you. An NCAA tournament appearance is not happening. NIT appearance, probably not happening. What we're looking for is things we can hang on to as we move forward. We want success this year, sure, because we do have some talent. And it would be a little bizarre to just drop every game in the SEC, for example. But we want to build on something. We want, we, want to, we want to set a foundation, to use your exact phrase. And I think it's interesting here to note how different it feels relative to the prior seasons. So when I was preparing to write the preview, Blake, I looked at some of my old previews. And in the uh, in my season preview uh, before, so two years ago, before, oh no, it was actually in the, uh, the season preview, the year we ended up winning the SEC, I had to spend the first two or three paragraphs telling people to not worry about the future and just enjoy the year. Think about how crazy that is. Like the that that was kind of the narrative we had to deliver of like, look, I know we don't all agree on what's going to happen moving forward, but we have a really good team here, so let's just have fun. All of that is gone. There is no I don't know where the program is going. The entire Aggie Hoops fan base is in lockstep. This is our guy. We've got him. There's no you know we're no longer of two minds of trying to enjoy the current season while wondering if we have the right guy at the top. And it's just so liberating, right, to not have to think like that anymore. So I'm really excited about going into a season, again, having the entire Aggie Hoops community in agreement that we've got the guy. And then you can just, you know, it's a little more freeing. You can just watch the games, enjoy them. If the season's not that great, you still know you've got the guy. If the season does turn out to be better than expected, you can enjoy it without worrying, oh, man, is this going to keep the wrong dude in charge a couple of years long? You know what I mean? Like we just said, we our, our brains were all over the place the last couple of years. So that's the part I'm looking forward to most. And I think we're going to get it in some respect. I think we're going to get some really positive signs. We're going to get some fun performances. We're going to get some bigger crowds. I think it's going to be a really fun year. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that this is a year of player development, right? This is, this is getting to watch – Nebo elevate his game to the next level. It's watching Savion make himself a, a legitimate NBA prospect, things like that. Does that mean that this team is going to have certifiable success? No, it doesn't. But these guys are going to to take a step forward and build towards the future. And that's something to, to certainly get excited about. And you're right, it does take the pressure off. You don't have this bipolar aspect of uh, you know you want the team to win but at the same time winning means that you're you're kind of in this aimless trajectory i think now you're right liberating is the right word it, it brings a level of excitement that's that's very free and everybody's just ready to enjoy basketball again 
and and know that the program is headed in the right direction. The arrow is pointed up and the results will come. You just have to put in the work and put in the time and, and the results will be there in, in, in a few seasons. So it is. The arrow is pointing up. And let's talk about what this up pointing arrow is going to face between now and the new year. We've got 13 non-conference games on the slate. Uh, we're not going to walk you through all of them, but there are a few of note. And I'm going to start with tonight's game against Gonzaga. We have the Gonzaga Bulldogs coming to town on a football weekend, and it's going to be freaking fun. I can't believe the university finally gave us this opportunity, Blake. Hoops fans have wanted this forever uh, on two levels, really. We've wanted to get quality opponents in Reed Arena instead of kind of playing the Houston DFW game we sometimes will play. But we also wanted them to coordinate it with a football weekend because that just gives you such a larger base to work from. And they finally did that. So Gonzaga's coming to town uh, on the South Carolina football weekend. I mean, I am pumped, man. I think we're going to get our biggest non-conference crowd in a long time. Yeah, this one should be a lot of fun. And it's the return, as we talked about earlier this week, it's the return of Admon Gilder. So good good to see him getting a chance uh, with, with the program. It, it certainly hurts your, your Aggie heart to, to not have him in maroon and white. But I'm happy for him that, that he's getting a chance to go to the number eight team in the country uh, with with a team that's always a, a contender, right? They're always in the mix. They're always making a run in the tournament. So I think he's got a good shot to see a deep postseason run. So after the Gonzaga game, the Aggies' next big uh, opportunity is going to be the Orlando Invitational Tournament. These Thanksgiving tournaments are always a lot of fun. The Aggies open this one with Harvard. Uh, Harvard's actually a pretty salty team this year. A lot of fun watching watching the basketball in the Ivy League. These guys are going to be going to give A and M a pretty stiff test, I, I do believe. Uh, from there, they'll play uh, the out based on win or loss. They'll play the outcome of a game between Temple and Maryland, and then a third game will be based on the other side of the bracket, which includes USC, Fairfield, Davidson, and Marquette. So, uh, even with those, you know, those smaller. Uh, smaller conference teams. Davidson is always kind of one of those mid-majors that stands out. Fairfield is is one that kind of depends on the cycle, but they, they've certainly made some some waves in the tournament before. So it's always uh, always interesting to see those guys pop up in these tournaments because you never you never quite know what you're gonna get from from some of these uh, mid-major programs. So that that's gonna be a lot of fun and that leads us into the next big matchup, David. Yes, the next big matchup. Uh, we have scheduled a game against the University of Texas, and the Republic still stands. So this is, you would have some would have you believe that uh, by engaging the our friends down in Austin in any sport that we have forsaken every vow that every Aggie has ever held. But no, we just, actually you can just schedule games against these guys, and it can just make you boatloads of money, and everybody will be happy, and it'll be great. So that's that's what's going on here. Uh, we are opening, we're christening the new Dickies Arena in Fort Worth on Sunday, December eighth. And guess what, Blake? Guess what time slot they gave us in a random non-conference game between two teams that aren't going to make the NCAA tournament. That sucker is on ABC at 2.30 because rivalries are cool and rivalries make money. So You mean this isn't, people are going to see this as an important game? It's the damnedest thing, man. And hopefully the two knuckleheads in charge here will take notice and they'll start doing this sort of thing more often. I'm just hoping for a good game. Uh, I'm still I'm planning to maybe go I'm a solid maybe but I hope the people who do go have a great time and if you're in the DFW area please go please support this happening because we want more of this to happen absolutely looking forward to this one it should be a lot of fun and then the final 
A big non-conference game. It's not the last of the non-conference, but it is the last of the major opponents coming in uh, before conference play starts is Oregon State. So this is A&M always runs their holiday hoops promotions where they give special discounts during uh, during the holiday break after students have left. So here's a, a really good opportunity. Oregon State comes to Reed Arena in a return trip from the, the game we played up there last year uh, in, in Portland, I believe. But uh, the Beavers are coming to, to College Station, and so there's a good opportunity to see uh, a Pac-12 team, and it should be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think they're kind of a middle-of-the-road Pac-12 team, but those uh, listening might recall we won this game in their in their building last year. So we won at Oregon State. It may have been, I think it was in Portland. It was like 20 miles away, but it was an effective road game. And amidst a not-great start, we did pull it together and beat Oregon State effectively on the road last year. So. I would imagine, Blake, we're going to be slight favorites in this one. It's the sort of game that you definitely need to win if you're an attorney team, if you're attorney hopeful. We are not one of those, so it's not a must-win or anything of the sort. But it's it's a game that I, I believe we're going to be favored in, and I believe we, we're going to walk away with this one. I can't say that about all the big non-conference games we're going to line up, but this one seems doable. Yeah, I certainly think you're on the right track there. So all in all, this is a really nice non-conference slate. There's... A lot of good games in here. The Aggies will be home for several of them, so plenty of chances to go get to Reed Arena and watch this team grow and watch them develop. I agree. We've reached the end of our three-part season preview. We are excited that Buzz Williams has joined the program. We're excited that college basketball in general is back because we both love it, and we're excited to see what happens here in the next four or five months. So stay tuned, guys. We're going to try to hit you with content of some shape in some shape or fashion every week, and Hoping to have a fun season this year. 